All right, welcome everyone to the Ben and Corey podcast. I'm Corey Novotny. I'm Benjamin and Carlson, I guess. Benjamin Carlson, <laughs> get both of my names in there. Yeah, so Ben and I are back after a two-month break. Uh, we took the summer off. There has been you know, a lot of sports going on, but in terms of the two of our expertise, it is finally football season. So we came back to you just in time to do a full-on preview of the 2018 NFL season. Yeah, as far as sports that I actually consider myself to be, like, I don't know, somewhat of a, I I don't want to say expert because I think that's too strong of a word. Everyone thinks they're an expert, but this is the sport I know the most about, so I'm really excited to get to talking about it. Yep, so with that, let's get started. The preseason is over. The rosters have been cut down to 53 players, and that means real NFL football is finally here. Corey and I will do a full preview of the 2018 NFL season, breaking down the biggest storylines entering week one. We'll also break out the crystal ball to tell you which teams are making the playoffs, players and teams to watch for both good and bad reasons, who will win all the important awards, and, of course, our boldest predictions for this season. The NFL isn't the only football that's coming back these next few months. This week's Listener's Choice segment puts us on the hot seat where we'll make our predictions for this year's college football playoffs. And in honor of Labor Day, Corey and I debate our ultimate dream jobs in today's Top 5. started with some of the bigger NFL storylines of the uh, past few weeks heading into week one and back in April uh, might have been May Ben and I broke down the NFL draft talked about some of our favorite picks yeah we talked about the quarterbacks we didn't think any five were going to start but Sam Darnold won the starting job for the New York Jets and he is ready to start the future of one of the NFL's most uh, feudal franchises. Well, I'm glad you use that word future because I really think this is an investment in Sam Darnold. Uh, I personally don't think that they have a great chance with him at quarterback this year, but I, I don't think it's that much worse than if they had put uh, McCown there. Just they're they're using him. Maybe I, I've heard it. Uh, compared to the uh, Peyton Manning rookie season, where it was like, just get him out there and and let him compete. Uh, don't really worry about the results so soon. You know, give him time to develop. Uh, and I mean, I think Sam Darnold has a lot of potential and letting him have a season out there where it's like, we're not going to bench you if we don't win the first seven games. Like that's, I think that's a good environment for him to be in. Yeah, normally I'm not a fan of teams just throwing their starting quarterback in too early. But if you're going to do that, 
week one is a time. Like you said, get him out on the field. The expectations are me low. Nobody thinks the Jets are a playoff team. They went 5-11 and last year, and that was a surprisingly high record for them. So the thought that the Jets um, are going to be a better team with Darnold compared to McCown as quarterback, I don't know. Uh, but I think it, I think it's noteworthy uh, and definitely something to, to look forward to, especially as uh, we start to compare these five first-round picks in this class. He's going to be the first one who, who gets auditioned for us. Right. I just think... I think the Jets are settled on Sam Darnold being the future, and now they're going to put the time investment in there. And so that's they're going to go ahead and get that started. So uh, for, I think it's the best move they can make, but I don't expect to see results uh, the, even this year. No, no, definitely not this year. But you know, in, in addition to making him their starter, they traded Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater and you know, really are committing to Darnold as the, you know, the future and, for now, the present. Yeah, good for them to um, get something out of – having Teddy Bridgewater because I, I thought Teddy looked pretty good uh, in his limited action this preseason and maybe I, honestly I think I have more faith in him than some of the NFL coaches uh, have had based on the way that he's uh, been moved around but uh, you know Drew Brees can't be the quarterback forever and they might have a pretty good chance with Teddy uh, maybe taking the throne uh, down in New Orleans at some point yeah it'll be in and it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with him when he comes back uh, not play well in his limited action last season, but uh, definitely looked good in the preseason. But let's move on to another team that had a little bit of a quarterback controversy heading into week one, and that is the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, Carson Wentz tore his ACL last December, missed the end of the regular season, the entire playoffs, career, well, mostly career backup. Nick Foles comes in as a starter. Everyone writes off the Eagles. He ends up winning Super Bowl MVP. He'll be starting week one. And I don't know about you, but I think the, uh, the, the drama that Nick Foles provided, the, the Hollywood-type story he wrote back in January and February is not what the Eagles want starting in September of this year as they look to defend their title. I think, yeah, I think everyone, probably even including Nick Foles, would think that the best chance for them to win is to have Carson Wentz playing quarterback. Uh, that being said, He's not cleared for uh, contact yet, so having a quality backup like Nick Foles is kind of a blessing. Uh, other teams in the same situation would be like, oh, we're screwed because our starting quarterback isn't there. At least they have a guy like Foles where they, have a, they still have a chance. They still have a really good team surrounding Nick Foles. If he can just you know, not be a detriment uh, or even play extremely well, as he's done a few times for them. Uh, I think that they can be in good shape. So obviously they'd rather have Wentz, but having like the fact that they still have Nick Foles, he wasn't dealt somewhere else. And and this is kind of making him worth whatever money they're paying for him. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely makes sense uh, for the Eagles to have kept him. I think uh, it would have been tempting to give him away if a really, really high draft pick was thrown their way. But like you said, having a backup in Nick Foles who – he has that proven experience. He's he's been a starter in his career. He you know just won the Super Bowl. Um, but if you're the Eagles, I don't know if you can rely on Foles going forward too long into the season. And you got to hope that Wentz is able to get cleared for contact and get back on the field soon. It's just I don't know how soon that will be, considering we have seen very little from him uh, from an actual game perspective to this point since his bad injury 
Yeah, I'm not actually sure uh, how long he potentially could be out. I was kind of under the impression that it would be sooner than later. But, uh, you know, this is also an opportunity. It could go either way, right? Uh, Nick Foles is definitely not Carson Wentz. But this could be an opportunity to kind of flex uh, the, the, you know, their muscles here and show that Nick Foles is worth some draft capital. And another team that's a little more desperate for a quarterback might give more, uh, like pay a higher uh, price for Nick Foles at this, uh, you know, at some point down the road, should they end up trading him. So, um, you know, obviously you'd rather have Carson Wentz, but there are worse situations to be in uh, quarterback wise than the Eagles are with just waiting for Wentz to come back. Yeah, if he plays well, then uh, we'll see if that Nick Foles trade talk heats up again. They open the season against the Atlanta Falcons, and I don't know if I would go with um, the Eagles to win that one with Nick Foles like I would with Carson Wentz. But going forward, I I do think their schedule is fairly favorable coming out of the gates. Uh, personally, I want Carson Wentz on the field sooner rather than later because I just drafted him in our fantasy league. I'm really banking on him coming back from that injury. Uh, but I guess I'm going to have to to hold out for a little while until he's healthy. Um, and speaking of healthy quarterbacks, we have two in the AFC South in both Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. So Luck missed all of last season um, after... Uh, his shoulder injury while Deshaun Watson like Carson Wentz tore his ACL midway through a fantastic rookie campaign and I think after bad seasons from both the Colts and the Texans last year with those guys presumably healthy things will be a lot better for the two AFC South bottom dwellers in 2018. For me the slow approach with the recovery of Andrew Luck with his uh, dealing with injuries I hope it pays off because they certainly have waited a long time if Andrew Luck can return to form like if meaning that he is that team uh, then I think the Colts have a chance this year uh, but if Andrew Luck is anything less than that I don't I haven't seen anything from the rest of that team to have a whole lot of faith in them I think the offensive line is improved which bodes well for Andrew Luck's health um but I'm I don't know it's been so long you can you never know when uh football players have been out of the game for huge lengths of time like Andrew Luck has Deshaun Watson on the other hand has an ACL recovery in his history already uh and coming back and not playing any worse I I I'm extremely optimistic about his ability to come back and be uh, an absolute playmaker and get the Texans into the playoffs. Not to mention that he will be returning. Uh, he actually did a little training with this guy, J.J. Watt, uh, when they were both out for the season. So uh, that his return can only mean good things for this Texans uh, team in general. Yeah, these are two teams who... Have- their lack of success has been around not having a great starting quarterback. When Andrew Luck was healthy before his injury, got the Colts to the playoffs three years in a row, got them to the AFC Championship game, starts having his injury concerns, and that was when the Colts started to fall off. To me, I think that with a mostly healthy Andrew Luck, the Colts are about a 500 team. While the Texans, if Deshaun Watson is healthy, I think that they are very much in the conversation for being the 
the number one team in the AFC and representing the conference in the Super Bowl. Uh, just given how much talent that the team had last season go down with injuries and knowing how well they were playing when Watson was healthy, uh, it's definitely exciting to see what, what could happen for a full 16 games from him this year. Agreed. I, I'm really excited to see that whole AFC South, as you'll be able to tell from my uh, <laughs> predictions uh, <laughs> a little bit later on. Yep. Um, but before we get into that, a couple storylines involving some very high-paid players, generational talents. And the first one is my team's running back, Le'Veon Bell. It is Labor Day, and he has still not reported to training camp. And I got to admit, I'm starting to worry. Um, I thought for sure that Bell was going to come back and be on the Steelers week one like he did last year. But he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid more than the Steelers are willing to pay him. And he knows that, you know, this is his last year in Pittsburgh. And if he shows up, Coach Mike Tomlin's probably going to run him into the ground. And they're not going to care what happens to him going forward. So I think that could dramatically change the Pittsburgh high-powered offense if you remove uh, the very important Le'Veon Bell from that killer bees trio. Agreed. I mean, uh, any team that loses a player like Le'Veon Bell obviously gets worse. Um, but as far as this season goes, I think you can just look back to last season and say that he can still very much contribute in the short term. Uh, I, that, what I think is interesting, and this kind of goes into our next topic with Khalil Mack, is I believe there are teams out there that are willing to pay. It's just, uh, you know, freeing them from the team that currently has them. Uh, I mean, you being a Steelers fan, you'd probably have a little bit, uh, you know, more your finger on the pulse of what's going on in that front office. But has there been any sort of talk of trades? I haven't heard any. I think that... Because I haven't either. Trading him. Yeah, trading him early on when you saw some of the guys, like Brandon Cooks was traded for a first-round pick. Le'Veon Bell, had they been able to move him back in March, they could have gotten so much value for him. And now they're running the risk of him walking for nothing. And I think in order to trade him, he needs to sign his franchise tender. So I don't know how that process would work, but they can't do anything until it happens. And I do agree that there's, there's going to be a team who's going to pay him as much as he wants, assuming he continues to play well this season stays healthy, stays out of trouble, he's going to get that money from someone, whether that's uh, you know, the, the Jets, the Browns, your 49ers even. Um, but in terms of this year, I don't know what the scenarios of Bell not playing for the Steelers while playing for a different team. As we've seen these colossal deals come out in the last couple sure. of weeks, I think there's a, he'll get paid somewhere, I think. Yep, Pro of course. Just yeah. not the Steelers. <laughs> oh. Aaron Rodgers signs a record deal with the Packers. Aaron Donald signs a record deal with the Rams. Odell Beckham Jr. signs a record deal with the Giants. And now Khalil Mack signs a record deal with not the Oakland Raiders, but the Chicago Bears who traded for him this weekend. And I think that the Bears made a huge move getting Khalil Mack, and I do not understand why the Raiders were so against paying him. I, I my favorite part of it was Aaron Donald, who has been waiting for this big contract for so long. He finally gets paid. He's the highest paid defensive player of all time for like a week before Khalil Mack yeah. steals the crown from him. And Aaron Donald's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> um, yeah. But 
but here's the thing i i, I want to pump the brakes a little bit on the john gruden criticism because he's coming in he's a highly paid head coach who hasn't been in the game for a long time and i think he wants to build this raiders team in his image and his image doesn't include overpaying for one player and 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 you can argue that you can't overpay for a player like Khalil Mack because he's so uh, prolific and you're never going to find another player at that position that's as good as him Khalil Mack is an amazing football player but having two first round draft picks would help a co- new coach uh, start to redefine a team and and build uh, strengths in the areas that he needs to run his system so I think the jury is is still out. The jury just left the courtroom, man. Like they they uh you can't really conclude on what what this is. I mean, right now, you know for sure the Bears just got an amazing player. Uh but you can you you have no idea what those first round draft picks can turn into in the future for uh the Raiders. So, I just think you got to you got you got to try to look at it from John Gruden's perspective in in what he wants for this team. And I I I just think he was against uh, hitting the wallet so hard early in his like regime uh, because he wants to do, I guess he just wants to build a more uh, overall well-rounded roster instead of putting so much into one position into one player. I, I think that's fair. Um, from a Steelers fan, I can relate to that in the sense that I don't want the team to way overpay Le'Veon Bell. Uh, to me, I think as a pass rusher. Khalil Mack has a little more, uh, there's a little more leeway in terms of paying him that kind of money. And I think it was great that the Bears immediately signed him to an extension, considering what they gave up for him in two first round picks, as well as a third and a sixth. So to me, I understand the idea that John Gruden, he's new, he wants to build the team how he feels he doesn't want to do this with other guys, players. Uh, But People are going to question this move for a long time. Now, it is very much possible that Mac could go to Chicago and not produce the same way like he did in Oakland. And this will start to look like a win for the Raiders. And it may not be until a few years out where we can definitively say who won this trade, just knowing what the Raiders are receiving in future first round picks as well as the fact that the Bears signed Mac to a six-year deal. And while it could look great two, three years from now, it might not look great by the end of that. Uh, but to me, I, I do think that this is a huge blockbuster trade that uh, in some ways is not surprising because I knew the Raiders were hesitant on paying Mac. But it's, it's one of those things where, where you're seeing a guy who wants to get paid and one team doesn't want to pay him, but someone else is willing to well as a person like from for for me i like to see players get paid big money because i know they're out there risking basically their whole life to play this sport uh (laughs) and and it kind of sucks to see the way that the uh nfl is just all about like trying to scumbag low deal your players uh because of the the way the salary cap works out that will give you a better chance of being a good team like if you can underpay your players that's better for you and that kind of sucks because the players you know you you like to see them get paid what they deserve uh so i i, I think it's nice that we've gotten all of these like like expensive like players getting paid crazy amounts uh and i think it's kind of changing the way that nfl contracts work um because all these players keep on demanding all this guaranteed money which sucks for their teams you know if they get hurt or something but uh 
it's good for them. You know, they've earned it. Yeah, the NFL CBA is up in 2021, so we'll see uh, what these contracts can do in terms of preventing a future lockout. But we know there's a demand for NFL players to get guaranteed contracts and get a lot more money uh, compared to other sports. So uh, this is de- this, some of these moves that we've been seeing this past week are definitely trend-setting uh, for what's going to happen going forward. Honestly, what I would like to be, what I would like to see, and I'm not sure all the implications of this, but if you could cut a player out, like you still have to pay them their salary, but you cut them uh, out of your salary cap for that year if you're uh, if they're too injured to play, because then like I don't know, there's, there's, there has to be more to it than that, right? But mm-hmm. I just feel like that's the, the 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 sport is so dangerous that it's almost not worth it to invest at all in one of these players unless that player is like your quarterback because you know without him you're you already are going to lose but uh it's i don't know it's it, it's just so uh frustrating that it's even if you really like a player it's like ah but he if he gets injured we don't want to be in the hole for millions and millions of dollars that we can't spend elsewhere even if the team like as an organization could afford it um it's just you know it's the rules how much money you can spend on these players so uh i am excited to see what they do when they uh renegotiate the uh players agreement yep uh and that's that's something that we'll we'll continue to discuss moving forward but for now let's bring our focus back into the 2018 nfl season and some of our predictions so you and i have a little bit of similarities in some places in terms of who we think is going to be good who we think is going to be bad but we have a lot of discrepancies so this should be an interesting conversation Yes, and, and what? I what I, yeah. I what I think is interesting because I've I've done season long predictions pretty much every year for like the last four years, uh, but they're they've always been just who's gonna win the division, and then mm-hmm. based on and like who's gonna be the wild card, and then based on that who actually wins it. This is the first year I've gone through and actually picked a winner for every single matchup all season, and. I think that leads to some pretty biased uh, results. So I, I oh, it definitely does. As yeah. much as I definitely independently created my season-long prediction here, I realize that it's pretty statistically in uh, uh, unlikely. But I think it still does reflect my opinions on these teams. Yeah, and you know, going going forward, doing the game by game, you don't. It's so tough to predict the upsets. It's so tough to know who's going to be injured which weeks, and uh, things are definitely not going to be right. I've been doing this for a while, and I have not had a whole lot of success when it comes to um, my NFL uh, win-loss predictions from the start of the season, but definitely a fun exercise. And I guess we can kind of highlight some of our, our points where we're similar and different. We can start with the AFC East. You and I both think that you know the Patriots are going to run away with the division again uh, because the AFC East is garbage outside of the Patriots with the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills, who were last season's surprise uh, playoff team. And you have them going two and fourteen, while I have them finishing three and thirteen. And uh, this offseason, I don't know what Buffalo is doing. I don't really know what Miami is doing. And the Jets, they're just not a great team yet. They're hoping that they'll get there with Sam Darnold. But uh, I, I, I can say that I, I'm 
very disappointed with how the AFC East is going to turn out this year. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots can pretty much punch their ticket to the playoffs now. I They still have Bill Belichick. They still have Tom Brady. There's no reason why they shouldn't run away with this division. So uh, I think that's a pretty easy one to predict. Yeah, and to me, I don't think the Patriots are going to be quite as good as they had been in the past, but I don't think there's going to be enough competition to prevent them from still finishing near the, the top of the AFC. Even if they have a down year and go 10-6, and six, they're still probably going to have the division clinched by, like, middle of December so uh well (laughs) shouldn't have a whole lot um to worry about if you're a Patriots fan in terms of getting back to the playoffs this year moving forward in the AFC North we both like the Steelers you're big on the Ravens and you're big on the Browns or at least bigger than I am on both of those teams yes and I believe is it the uh is the North playing the East this year in the AFC is that the, how those divisions match up? This year, the North is playing the West. Ah, okay. Well, I'm also pretty down on the West. Well, um, honestly, it really just came down to uh, – well, first off, I think the Browns are going to be like vastly improved, and I kind of even surprised myself by having them as a over 500 team. Um, but you can only – first off, I believe in the coaching of Hugh Jackson, which I think uh, – like at this point it might sound egregious but before he was the coach there i think a lot of people were really impressed with him what he did in uh cincinnati and then uh i also just i i think the ravens have a pretty good defense uh year to year and maybe with some uh I, this is counting on somewhat of a resurgence of a joe flacco uh but i i think that we've seen it before i don't know it, it, like looking at it with a, a double digit win column for the Ravens, I think it's somewhat unlikely. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that they uh, have the power to surprise because their defenses sometimes can just be overwhelming. Yeah, I think the Ravens eight and eight again. I think they're kind of stuck in that zone where they're kind of a playoff contender, but they're not really, uh, or at least they don't end up making the playoffs. And I don't know about Joe Flacco. I think the Ravens are ready to start the Lamar Jackson era. And we we have seen Flacco do it before in these unlikely scenarios. Uh, but I, I'm not big on the Ravens this year. And the Browns, I consider myself big on them. Considering they went 0-16 last year, I think 5-11 and would be a great season for them. Uh, having won just one game in the past two years. But I do... I I understand why everyone loves the Browns, and part of me is wondering, am I just so down on them because they're in the Steelers division, and I've always had the luxury of the Steelers just owning the Browns every single year, but to me, I think I'm not a big fan of Hugh Jackson. I know that there was a lot of, uh, like, he was a hot commodity when he first arrived in Cleveland, but I, I don't know. Todd Haley, uh, you know, he, he had success with Ben, but he was also uh, didn't get along with that quarterback. He had some plenty of controversies off the field. I think that that Cleveland uh, situation is a little bit of a mess, but they're going to be talented enough to uh, not be the, the uh, 0-16 team that we saw last year. So... To me, I'm going 5-11, and 11, and they're probably going to beat the Steelers week one because I'm so down on them. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It, like I've been bitten 
uh, in the butt before for thinking the Browns were going to be even remotely good uh, because I thought that last season that it was like, ooh, you know, the the Browns, they're, <laughs> they're, spoo- like, they're spooky good. Like, they could come up. So, uh, you know, I have no idea. But uh, well, I this do... year they actually added some big names. So Oh, for sure. And, uh, well, I don't know. You could argue uh, that it's also the Josh Gordon bias because I personally, being a <laughs> fantasy football guy, uh, would love to see Josh Gordon return to form and uh, help the Browns get some wins. So uh, we'll see. Jarvis Landry certainly has high expectations yeah. for the Browns. Yeah, this no, season. they, yep. I think Landry, Landry is, uh, he's really in on that team this year. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, moving on, the AFC South. Now, my favorite division yes. right now in football <laughs> i think i think at least three of the four teams in this division will improve you think every single team in this division is going to win is going 16 and 0 this year somehow yes. even yeah. though they all play each other now i, I know it's not uh <laughs> i know it's not possible um but i do really like these teams it's up to them to live up to the expectations right but um mm-hmm. i i really do like i love the texans on paper, I, I, any given Sunday for the Texans uh, with, like, Deshaun Watson yep. and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. So you've got, like, the best wide receiver, arguably, uh, g- catching passes from one of the greatest, like, young quarterbacks we've seen in a while. Uh, and then they have Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt on that defense, like, both healthy, both ready to play great football. Uh, I, I'm just... I like the I like the Texans. Uh, I mean, I, I can keep going here. Like, I also think that the Titans <laughs> are uh, starting to enter the era of like a truly ground and pound uh, Derrick Henry. I think that we're going to see a huge step forward from him this season uh, without having to compete with DeMarco Murray for snaps uh, and the, kind of the inclusion of uh, Deion Lewis, who truly has a uh, different role as a running back for that offense. Um, and actually, quick side note, at this point, can we say definitively that Marcus Mariota was the better quarterback in that draft over James Winston? Is that a conclusion I, we can come to yet? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think either quarterback has done anything to say that they're better. Mariota, in my opinion, was awful last year, but the team was better. It was just this weird paradox, and I, I'm not big on Mariota personally. Dude, Mariota caught his own pass in the uh he did yeah he did he (laughs) did and i think i think there's reasons to be down on both of those quarterbacks but you know mariota in terms of the the uh playoff experience now getting the titans there last year i think you can say that he's winning over Jameis winston uh which is another conversation on its own with he's certainly winning off the field (laughs) i like i think we can agree on that um but okay so Continuing on the teams in the AFC South that I love, yeah. I also love the Jacksonville Jaguars' defense. Uh, and barring like, serious injuries, I think that they can be just as good this year. Uh, and and you got to, uh, like, that offense definitely has to uh, see some contributions from the quarterback position. Blake Bortles has to be able to throw to some relatively inexperienced wide receivers. But you, as always, you have Leonard Fournette, who ran amazingly last season, and uh, provided he can stay healthy, which even when he can't, uh, T.J. Yeldon had a couple of good showings last season uh, in relief of Leonard Fournette when he had uh, various knocks. Uh, again, I have to stress that not all these teams can do all like this good in the <laughs> same season, but I think I still really like the Jaguars uh, because that defense is just so freaking solid. Uh, and then obviously the Colts have Andrew Luck back, so I think that they'll be fast yeah. improved. 
So yeah, for me, I don't know how much I love my actual record predictions with this division. I think the Texans are going to win the South. Um, 10 wins to me would be reasonable, but I could definitely see them winning 12, 13 games if Watson really takes off. The Jaguars, uh, so obviously I don't hate them more than I hate the Patriots, but the way that Jalen Ramsey has been talking lately has really, really making me hate the Jaguars, <laughs> not even to mention the fact that they beat the Steelers twice last year, including in the playoffs. I still think they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card at 9-7. and seven. To me, I don't really have a reason to say why they're going to be worse than last year, other than that's just how the schedule kind of fell into place for me. Um, we talked about the Colts a little bit earlier when we were talking about Andrew Luck. I think 8-8. Eight and eight, um, the, the Colts, to me, can go anywhere based on both his health and his play. So I think I'm going kind of conservative by saying they're a 500 team. And the Titans, I don't, I don't know how that came to me that I had them being six and ten. I don't necessarily think they're going to go below five hundred, but it really just came down to their schedule. Yeah, and, and that's a big part of this is like we're looking at all these games as if they're like happening, like with our what, yes, who the teams are like, right now, right, right now, exactly. So, and it's so much can change, but to me, looking at their schedule, so they open at Miami. That was one where I was like originally going with the Dolphins at home, but then I, I switched it to Tennessee. But then they follow up with Houston at Jacksonville, Philly. The Houston-Tennessee one, if they drop that one at home, I think the wheels kind of start to fall off. At Buffalo versus Baltimore, two games that they definitely could win. But then at the Chargers, and then after their bye, at Dallas, New England, at Indy, at Houston, they have a really tough stretch. I think that end of the season playing four of their last five at home with the Jets the Jaguars the Redskins and the Colts and their one road game being at the Giants there's definitely potential for them if things if they're able to you know be like 500 ish and maybe like four and six or so five and six four and seven to maybe like pick things up a little bit but I think at that point they're just going to be too far out of it so I think the Titans going forward, you know, I'm not a huge believer in Mariota, but I don't think he's bad enough to say that uh, they're they're going to lose 10 games this year. It's interesting bringing a new head coach in Mike Vrabel, but to me, I'm not as big on the Titans as you are. I don't think they're going back to the playoffs this year. Okay, and I think the last division we have left in the AFC would be the West. And mm-hmm. um, I have the Chargers uh, finally getting their time in the in the uh, sunlight at the top. Uh, I think that that defense is uh, like looking to be really good uh, to continue their uh, f- good form from last season. And <laughs> Philip Rivers has so many targets, and Melvin Gordon. That offense has to be hot. Uh, so I, I like them to win the division. I kept going back and forth between the Chargers and the Chiefs. I have them tying at 9-7, and seven, but the Chiefs winning on the tiebreaker. To me, I think the Chargers are the best team in this division because I'm uncertain about Patrick Mahomes. I think that if Alex Smith was still the quarterback, I would feel like the Chiefs would win this division just because of all the talent they have and just knowing how well Smith had played with them. If Mahomes is as great as Chiefs fans think he is, then I think the Chiefs could finish with the best record in the AFC. I just think there's going to be some growing pains there. He's going to throw the ball 70 yards out of bounds. No one's going to catch that. It doesn't matter. 
So to me, I think the Chiefs are still going to be good enough to, uh, you know, be a playoff team this year. But I, I don't see them taking the leap forward, uh, at least just yet with Mahomes. But this division, I think of all the divisions in the NFL this year, I would probably say the AFC West is the one where I most think that any of the four teams can win it. And that's because I think that if Case Keenum plays as well as he did in Minnesota, uh, the Broncos could be just good enough, uh, knowing that I don't think any of these teams are going to you know, win 10, 11, 12 games this year. And the Raiders, you know, they did just trade Khalil Mack. They got some excitement with John Gruden. They just won 12 games two years ago. So I'm not ruling them out. I think they're about a 500 team, but I could definitely see them you know, somewhat climbing back to where they used to be. Um, and then with the Chargers, I they always struggle out of the gate. So it's tough for me to really buy into them like some people, but I do think that they're going to at least make the playoffs as a wild card this year. So I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen with the AFC West because as much as I can say that I think the Broncos could win the division, I could also see them absolutely falling apart, 2-14, and 3-13. and 13. I could see the Raiders having another 10-loss season. I could see things really going badly with Mahomes in Kansas City. And I could see the Chargers just pulling another Chargers, starting off slow and, you know, finishing 7-9 and nine because of it. Yeah, I, well, for me, this division will be defined by the new quarterbacks uh well in large part because if if because i personally don't believe patrick mahomes is the godsend that chief fans have been saying that he is i think it was bold to get rid of a alex smith in his m like kind of mvp year uh, that he was definitely in the conversation there for a while, and they're saying no, 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 no. This guy that we have on the bench is yeah. much better than that. As much as I agree with the the um, the process, right? Not throwing Mahomes in right away, giving him a year to kind of grow and, and learn the NFL. So that's that. I think that bodes well for him, just based on my personal experience seeing him play. Uh, I like just the eye test, such pseudoscience. <laughs> um, I, I just, yes. I, I don't, I don't have that belief that he's going to make the chiefs better than they were last season. Uh, and then also I truly don't believe in case Keenum and the Broncos, which, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I, it could go well. Uh, I thought it was totally bizarre that he, things went so well for the Vikings. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I think the, but as far as like, I guess I'm pessimistic about both of them, and which is why I have them so low. Yeah, that that's fair. I I do agree that for those teams, quarterback play will define them, and the Chargers and the Raiders is just uh, who knows where you're going to get with those teams. Uh, but let's move forward now to the NFC, and starting with the NFC East, I'm not quite as big on the Eagles. This year, I don't think they're going 13 and three again. Part of that has to do with the health of Carson Wentz. Other part was just the way the schedule kind of planned out. But uh, I'm really interested to see if any other team is going to challenge them for the title in this division. I'm big on the Cowboys this year. I have them just barely missing the playoffs. It's actually, the hold Reds. on. Can I can I stop you there? Yep. Tell me why. Why yes. are you so, why are you so big on the Cowboys this year? Ezekiel Elliott being healthy. They went 14-2 and two, two years ago. I know Dak Prescott did not play as well as he did um, when he had Elliott for a full season, but I think that's really what it comes down to. Their receiving core isn't quite as good, and I'm, I'm hesitant to be super like uh, high up on Dallas, um, but to me, I think it's, it's just the Ezekiel Elliott effect. They went 9-7 and seven last year. 
with him missing six games, I think they're going to be better. So that's why you know having him around 10 wins, I think, makes sense. And I could definitely see the Cowboys back in the playoffs. I, I do like Ezekiel Elliott a lot, but the Travis Frederick medical concerns uh doesn't have me excited and tyron smith left tackle uh i'm i'm not exactly sure what the problem is i'm not sure if it was health or off the field related but there's like question marks at left tackle as well uh and as much as i believe in ezekiel elliott's um talent at at running back uh, i also know that in the nfl if you want to have a really prolific rushing uh attack you have to have the o-line to support it and with question marks on that previously impervious o-line makes me Mm -hmm. uh makes me a little doubtful Uh, i i like my prediction of six and ten i think is is quite pessimistic for the cowboys but uh it's you know the i mean obviously losing jason witten and des bryant even though des bryant wasn't super effective last year it just makes me uh kind of question them especially with uh the giants seemingly on the way up uh because of you know like getting odell back uh acquiring saquon barkley they they just look like a uh a more exciting team plus I still think that that defense uh can do big things I know they weren't as good last year's maybe they were expected to be but I think they still got uh talent I think the Giants will improve I had them at six and ten um I to me I felt like I would have them higher uh closer to 500 but um I think part of it you know just seeing how bad they were last year it has me hesitant to think that they're going to return to the playoff form that they were 2 years ago. They they do have a new head coach but I I don't know. I feel like 6 and 10 is kind of a reasonable expectation for the Giants, but I would not be shocked if that would be 10 and 6 because like you said Odell is healthy. They added Saquon Barkley. Eli to me if he has the weapons, I think he's still a competent enough quarterback to make the Giants a contender, and they'll definitely be an interesting team this season. Uh, but I'm I'm hesitant to say that the Giants are going to be back to the playoffs. So that's kind of where I have them for now. Yeah, I have them just outside the playoffs, actually missing it uh, by one spot. But um, the, the Redskins are a team that I mm-hmm. am – by the record, way too uh, pessimistic on them. I have t- I'm getting only two <laughs> wins this season, but uh, I I'm just not I'm just not super uh, invested in Alex Smith like being able to switch to uh, a new system for a new team uh, and immediately get back to form. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I I think that he'll probably win more than two games. But if I had to pick mm-hmm. a team in that division to come in last, I think I'd go with the Skins. Yeah, I have the skins at seven and nine. I think that Alex Smith is just about the same kind of uh, plus or minus that Kirk Cousins was for the Redskins. Um, I think that they're still going to be a competent football team. Definitely don't think they're going two and fourteen, but I don't think that their ceiling is higher than nine and seven at best. So they did just bring in Adrian Peterson, hoping that uh, the the future Hall of Famer can give a boost to their rushing attack now that Darius Geis is out for the season. But yeah, I mean, I don't love the Redskins. I could easily see you know my Redskins and Giants picks flip flopping and putting Washington in last in the NFC East, but uh, definitely a little higher than you have them, at least record wise. So let's talk NFC North. And you and I are both 
big on two teams in this division. For me, it's the Vikings, and for you, it's the Green Bay Packers now that Aaron Rodgers is healthy and the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and this is basically a all-in on Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers' health uh, becomes a question mark, then this entire prediction falls apart. Uh, I yep. think this has to be Aaron Rodgers' like. I don't want to say revenge tour because it's not really, he's really just getting revenge on his own body. But like he, I, I think that now that he's healthy, uh, he, he needs to put together that like championship run that we all expected to see again. Uh, it, it, I, for years have said that it's egregious that Aaron Rodgers only has one ring. He's too good of a player to only win one in his career, which I mean, plenty of like players that have, you know, similar caliber don't win any, but uh, mm-hmm. he's, Always in that conversation for best QB in the game, and it's crazy that he still only has one. Yeah, he's he just never had the team to put it together since that that first one back in 2010. Uh, I think I think the Packers are going back to the playoffs with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. I I think they're going to be really good again this year. I do see some question marks still with that roster, and I think Mike McCarthy is. It, it's a crazy to me how he is been able to remain as their head coach and it just comes down to the fact that Rodgers is so good that it's the Packers make the playoffs every year and you know with the exception of last year when he was injured and it's just been impossible for them to get rid of him but I think that 11 and 5 to me the Packers are going to get into the playoffs as a wild card with the Vikings I am really big on the Vikings this year and I know we talked about Case Keenum and uh, how the success he had last year in Minnesota it's going to be tough for them top 13 and three, but I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback and that team is just loaded on both sides of the ball. So I think 12 and four. Um, and to me, I'm, I'm all in on the Minnesota Vikings this year. I think they have a great chance to continue that high caliber play. I, I, I have them right up there with the Packers. Um, Especially because that defense is so freaking good. As long as Kirk Cousins doesn't play worse than Case Keenum last season, like, uh, especially for what they're paying yep. him, you would expect to see him at least match it. So uh, I definitely think they're going back to the playoffs. Yeah, and that, that's basically my logic. Then the Bears. I'm convincing myself that the Bears are like this year's dark horse, this year's LA Rams. Just all the parallels with. New head coach, second-year quarterback who didn't have a great first season. They have a very solid defense. And the Bears, they added in some receivers this year. And I think they're they're just giving Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky some weapons. 7-9, and nine, I'm not going too crazy on them. I think the Vikings and Packers are both way better. But I, I'm intrigued by the Chicago Bears this season, especially now that they added Khalil Mack. Uh, I think there's going to be some good things, uh, some good football being played in Chicago in the coming years. But the division is is very good, so it's going to be tough for them to you know get over that hump just yet. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm too big on their division opponents to really give them a reasonable record. <laughs> but I do agree. I think uh, Mitch Trubisky kind of made me change my tune uh, because when when the Bears traded up to the second pick uh, with the 49ers, even though the 49ers definitely weren't going to take a quarterback. Uh, I def- I felt like we had fleeced them pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but since then, I've, I've, I've changed my tune a little bit and, and looked towards Mitch Trubisky as, uh, you know, someone who could potentially be a, a real threat in the NFC North someday. Um, but I'm not sure if that's this year. I think he might, I think he's mm-hmm. very possible for him to take steps forward, but uh, to have him winning duels with uh 
Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford or the uh, amazing Vikings defense, uh, I think it's hard for me to just to put that down on paper. Yeah, I I think it's that's fair. And last team in the division, the Lions. I have them at six and ten. You have them at nine and seven. I think they'll be somewhere in that window. Uh, to me, Detroit. They've had their their playoff opportunities in the past, and I I just think that they're they're perpetually in this zone where they're about a five hundred team, and a lot of that just has comes down to the division they're in with the Vikings and the Packers. Yeah, I really like that trio of wide receivers they've got this season with uh, uh, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and Kenny Galladay. I think, you know, like Matt Stafford has shown that he can be effective when he can, when he all he does is throw the ball to uh, Megatron, but I think that he can be even more effective if you just give him three reasonably good targets. So uh, I'm excited to see what they can do, especially with the... Uh, you know, the possibility that they could actually have a run game this season. So yeah, that I, I agree that the run game is that that's going to make or break the lines for me. Uh, it definitely will be the difference chances. It would be mm-hmm. the difference between this Lions team and many, many previous years because they never have a run yeah. game for Matt Stafford. So I'm kind of counting on that yep. to maybe come to fruition, but you know, of course we'll have to see. Yep. So moving forward, the NFC South, Three playoff teams last year. You don't see that happening again this year. No, and, and honestly, it all just comes up to these matchups because uh, I'm kind of counting on Drew Brees to get hit by father time, uh, but also there's no yeah. reason to think that, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. if this is the year for that to happen, he's got one of the better rosters around him. Uh, so I, I'm actually not super proud of the uh, – like record that they ended up having on my prediction here. Uh, Cause I definitely think they're a b- higher quality team than the Buccaneers. Um, but in mm-hmm. general, I, I, this division for me just cannibalizes each other. Cause I think that uh, especially when you go up against division competitors, uh, there's always going to be that extra level of understanding that comes from experience of having played against you multiple times. Uh, and I think that makes it hard to, to survive and have a truly great record. Um, so I don't know. It's hard for me to differentiate at least the the for me the top three teams here. So excluding the Bucks. That's, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think for me, I I'm big on the Saints this year. I think everything really came together for them last year in terms of their defense. I'm not ready to give up on Drew Brees just yet. So I have them winning the division with the Falcons getting in as a wild card. Panthers at eight and eight. I think the Panthers are going to be a good team. Yeah, I, they can be right back in that playoff conversation again. I just have them falling outside of it. And yeah, the Bucks four and twelve. No Jameis to start the year. I everyone was like really starting to buy into them last year, and they just did not not meet expectations at five and eleven. And playing in this tough division does not help. I'm just hoping I have Mike Evans in fantasy, and I'm hoping that he's downfield catching late game bombs in garbage time yeah. uh, to boost my score. So that's a, that's my expectation yeah, for the Buccaneers, definitely. which I'm quite disappointed with because I was on the band, bandwagon last season saying that like it's the Bucks' yeah. time; they yeah. should win the division now, and uh, they were such a disappointment. Just, yeah, yeah, it just didn't happen. It also, didn't help that the Saints really took off. That yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So finally. Your territory, the NFC West, and LA Rams, to me, 
you know, I, they they added a lot of talent this offseason. And as much as I'm a little nervous that things are going to fall apart, uh, I actually have the Rams finishing with the best record in football at 13-3. and three. I... I mean, it's been an arms race in the NFC West uh, with the Rams adding weapon after weapon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the reason it's an arms race, you can't have a race without two people. The other team is the Niners adding just Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, but I think that the investments that the Rams have made have been smart, uh, adding guys like already having the best D tackle in football and Aaron Donald and then adding Ndamuk and Sue, a previous best paid uh, defensive player of all time uh, definitely means that this D-line is going to be something savage. Uh, And then also they have great cornerbacks uh, that they brought in, and that offense went a million miles an hour last season uh, with Todd Gurley being the focal point that I think you can count on to continue being that ground and pound guy who's getting, you know, keeps your offense churning. So I see no reason to doubt the Rams and like I have them easily winning this division. Mm-hmm. I have the Niners and the Seahawks both finishing eight and eight. I was tempted to put the Niners even higher and you know had them right in playoff contention, but then I, I I brought myself a little little down on them. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo going five and zero last year gives you plenty of reasons to be optimistic that the Forty ers can go eleven and five. But I just I, I think that I, I'm I'm a little reserved on them. Uh, I think they're going at least five hundred this year. I think they're going to be better than last year when they finish 6 and 10. But I'm not quite ready to say that they'll be a playoff team yet. Seahawks, I also have finishing 500. I think Russell Wilson's just too good to prevent them from totally falling apart, but the rest of the team is just they're not they're not the team that went to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Uh the the downfall with that Legion of Boom falling apart. You got Doug Baldwin has some injury issues. The their running game has some question marks. So um I think eight and eight might be optimistic for Seattle. Yeah, I I'm actually kind of seeing similarities between the Seattle collapse that's currently happening and the 49ers collapse that happened a few years ago in this where it's just like you it's like you have a leaky pipe and and your all your team all your best players are keep on f- just seemingly <laughs> slipping away from you and yeah. it, like this defense i does not scare people as much as it used to and as much as that home field advantage is an advantage uh you still need that identity uh, of like that defense that can take on anybody and and i just don't think they have it anymore and, and who no like with all these players getting these trades and getting paid what's going to happen with earl thomas is he right? still going to be that's, a that's the last one they said today that they're not going to trade him just for anything, and they don't see a team willing to offer as much as they want for him. But, yeah, outside of Earl Thomas, the, that defense is – they lost so many guys, and he could easily be out the door too. So uh, I know you would be a huge fan of the Seahawks pulling a 49ers and just dramatically uh, falling off. Oh, yeah. But – yeah, so we'll, we'll see well, what happens with that. Well, but. and I mean, I kind of skipped over it here, uh, like my opinion on the Niners. Like losing Jarek McKinnon sucks because, especially mm-hmm. because we invested so much money in him. Like he's, this is going to be the richest year of his contract. He's not even going to play a snap of regular season football. Uh, the Niners have the option to move on from him in the offseason. So without ever seeing him actually play for us, we might let him go if we see like a better investment on the market. But by front loading the contract, it means 
you know, there's incentive to stick with him because he'll be cheaper. But mm-hmm. all that aside, uh, I think that this the the success of this team is like relies on Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan being able to put together an uh, an offense that can basically outscore their opponents. Uh, that that yeah. d- the Niners defense has a lot of. Uh, I would say it's improved this season uh, with Reuben Foster, you know, assuming that he stays healthy. Uh, he's already got the first two games out with suspension, but uh, assuming that he stays healthy and uh, this 49ers D line that has three first round draft picks on it, if they can continue to improve uh, and just, you know, play top 16 team defense uh like just be top half of the league uh in defense and i think that jimmy can keep the keep the offense churning enough to win a lot of games uh but we'll have to see uh but but i'm really enjoying being able to put the niners with a prediction like 12 and 4 and anybody would be like well you know maybe because (laughs) we've been terrible for so long it's really nice to go into the season with uh so much optimism uh even though you know it's not Nothing counts until they actually start playing ball. So uh, yeah. I recognize that as well. Uh, last team in yeah. this division we haven't really said much about, which I don't think no, there is much to say about them, is the Cardinals. Yep. I am big on Josh Rosen, just not yet. I think you know when Sam Bradford gets injured and he takes over, he's going to have a, a lot of work cut out for him. Um, the Cardinals last year, I think, went 8-8. Eight and eight. And I just can't see them being close to a 500 team again this year. So, uh, yeah, last place for me. I think it's yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the Niners getting back to beating bad Cardinals teams because <laughs> we still lose to them anyways, even when they suck. So I'm hoping that changes this season. Yeah, we'll see. So real quickly, let's uh, kind of do some of our playoffs. Now uh, I'll go first. I don't think the Steelers are going to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Uh, I think that they're going to beat them in week 15, and that's going to give them the number one seed with the Patriots as a two seed. So I'm kind of playing 2010 when the, the Jets knocked off the Patriots in Gillette. I think Deshaun Watson and the Texans are going to pull off the upset, and then the Steelers are going to beat them in the AFC Championship game. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's my path to get Pittsburgh into the Super Bowl because I think that they're running out of time with this group. Ben's getting older. Bell's gone after this year. Even Antonio Brown is on the wrong side of 30 now. So I'm, I'm really going in. But to show that I'm not a true homer or not going too much of a homer, I had the Vikings beating them in the Super Bowl after beating division rival Packers in the NFC Championship game because I think that the Rams are going to fall to Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round despite being the one seed. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I like how you got the Steelers to the Super Bowl by uh, going around the Patriots instead of having yes. to play them <laughs> yourselves. Um, so I definitely have a little bit more AFC South in my predictions here um, with uh, the Titans, Jaguars, and Texans all making it. Uh, but I have the Patriots taking out the Jaguars again in the playoffs this time. Uh, well, actually, no, they were in Foxborough last year too. Um but and then the Steelers uh, getting taken out by uh, Brady himself uh, to take on the Texans in the AFC Championship, and I have the Texans beating the Titans after they take on the Chargers, which again pretty high on the Titans here. Um, but I, I'm I I don't know like I I think that 
I think that they just have a lot of talent on that offense. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think I could very easily go the other way too. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have the 49ers beating the Panthers, which I know is uh, pretty optimistic for our first full <laughs> season of Jimmy. Uh, and I have the Eagles beating the Vikings in uh, kind of a repeat of last year. And then uh, the Rams beating the Eagles, which I think would still be a surprise because I, I like, the Rams showed a lot to be desired uh, playoff-wise. Like they were kind of mm-hmm. – um, they, they rolled in after having an incredible regular season last year. and then uh, They're uh, so bad against it, the Falcons. Yeah, it's just – and the Falcons who – are known for blowing it. Uh, just, yeah. I think they won just on pure experience. Having, yep. you know, they, they, yep. they've been there and done that in the playoffs, and the Rams just weren't ready for the spotlight. Uh, I have the Aaron Rodgers of the number one seed Packers beating the 49ers and uh, beating the Rams to send them to the Super Bowl, where uh, they complete my uh, the thing I've been yearning for, which is Aaron Rodgers getting himself a second ring in uh, another defeat for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, uh, which I know is also egregious to pick, but it ju- it did just happen. He did yeah, lose it this year. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so just real quickly, let's kind of go through some awards. MVP, I'm going with Deshaun Watson, just barely edging Aaron Rodgers. Uh, both of those quarterbacks are healthy. Their teams will be much better because of them. And they could also win comeback play of the year along with the MVP. Uh, meanwhile, I think Aaron Donald making his big money. I have him winning defensive player of the year. Two rookies, Saquon Barkley. I think he's going to be great with the Giants this year. And he's going to follow the trend of Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, another running back to win rookie of the year. And then finally, Bradley Chubb um, winning defensive rookie of the year. I think that Chubb is going to be a beast in Denver. I'm excited to see him going up against Von Miller or going up with Von Miller, uh, the two different sides. So, uh, all right, just quickly with mine, I echo your sentiment Sentiment with uh, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers being my favorites for the MVP. Uh, Dark horse Todd Gurley, um, but I think it's also pretty likely that there's too many mouths to feed on that offense to really for him to mm-hmm. win it, despite being, in my opinion, one of the most talented in the league. Uh, an extreme, like, pitch black dark horse Jimmy Garoppolo leading the 12 and 4 Niners <laughs> to the playoffs. Hey, hey, if, if they go 12 and 4. Right? He has to be. He's he's yeah. doing something crazy if they're in that position. But uh, yeah. defensive player of the year, I uh, I also like Aaron Donald. Uh, I also, I don't know, I, I think J.J. Watt, if he truly is completely healthy again, he, he always has a chance to be crazy good and just do everything. Um, that yeah. being said, a lot of teams have to go to extreme lengths to make sure J.J. Watt doesn't wreck their game plan, which gives Clowney an opportunity to uh, dominate on the other side. So I... I don't know. I, I I haven't. I don't really have a good knowledge of the history of defensive player of the year. I don't know how having two potential mm-hmm. nominees on your team affects because it. You know, they would probably take each other's opportunities. But I I still like both of them to have big years. Um, and then dark horse Khalil Mack, like showing yep. the Bears yep. that he's worth the him. money. Uh, I think it would be cool if he had like just an outrageous like, like double-digit sack year for the Bears. Uh, rookie yeah. of the year, I think Saquon Barkley's in a position to potentially uh, run for that one. Derwin James for the Chargers, I think, uh, could make a yeah, name a for himself. Um, yeah. And then uh, if Sam Darnold can even have like a yeah. remotely good year, <laughs> I-, I think quarterbacks just get favored in these awards. Yes, so, I agree. I think 
three and thirteen, Sam Darnold probably doesn't win. But if they go like six and ten or seven and nine, he's hands down gonna win it, right? Can you imagine a three and thirteen like rookie of the year, Sam Darnold? I would love that. Give him the gold jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, wait that that was a lot of NFL talk. Yes. So let's mix things up a little bit and go to our listener's choice segment where we'll be talking about the NFL players of the future in college football. So this week's listener's choice comes from Brendan A. from Dallas, Texas. What happened to the Ben and Corey podcast? What do you mean? It's still here. We just took a break. You're listening to it. Yeah, here it is. I guess there hasn't really been much sports to report on. Yeah, you know, I'm a fan of baseball and golf personally. Ben's not, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Play, throw me under the bus because I actually <laughs> don't watch those sports at all. Thought I would have seen a college football preview episode sometime this week, though. Anyway, who is in your college football playoff? So I guess I'll, I'll start off with this one. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, Clemson is going undefeated this year. The ACC is it has some talented teams some okay teams in uh, Miami, Virginia Tech, and Florida State. None of them are preventing Clemson from winning that conference and making the college football playoff once again. Alabama, I also have going back. I don't know if they're going to be as dominant as they had been. Uh, I think Georgia is going to really give them a run for the money this year in the SEC championship game, but I think Alabama getting back once again like they always have. And... From there, I'm not as confident. I think whoever wins the Big Ten is going to make it based on the fact that Ohio State beat Oregon State 77-31 without Urban Meyer. I think that whenever he comes back to coach, that team is just too good and they're going to win the Big Ten and make the college football playoff. And finally, number four, kind of a dark horse pick, but I have Notre Dame. I think that their schedule is good enough having some top 25 teams on it that they're going to climb in the rankings and get looked at favorably by the college football playoff committee. Uh, The one game that I'm not confident in is the last game of the year against Southern Cal. I think they'll be 11-0 going in. If they lose that, they're not going to get in. But a 12-0, even an 11-1 Notre Dame team, if the loss comes early enough, uh, I think that they're going to be the fourth team. Just because I don't really believe in Oklahoma and the Big 12 Washington just lost to Auburn in the Pac-12, so I think that opens the spot for Notre Dame. Yeah, I didn't Notre Dame just beat Michigan, wasn't that this they season? Did. They just beat Michigan. Which I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Because I know that Jim Harbaugh has been kind of a disappointment. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't believe in Michigan at all. I know some people are like really big on them, but uh, as Brilliant Edwards, uh, former Michigan alum went actually got placed on suspension from the big 10 network for calling out, uh, Michigan, their, their new starting quarterback, Shea Patterson, who everyone thought would be the savior, uh, did not look very good against Notre Dame. He said, is Michigan even better than Iowa? So to me, wow. I, yeah, I think the big 10 East it's, it's Ohio state, Michigan state and Penn state. And then Michigan is the clear number four. Well, um, I guess I'm no expert on college ball. I think it's pretty obvious that Clemson, Alabama should return to the playoffs. Um, and then I also really like Georgia's chances, um, although I'm not sure how that how likely that is based on you know being in the same 
conference as Alabama, but it happened last year. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I don't know. I, I I don't really know the team of Ohio State, but I've heard they're so good. Uh, and yes. like they're good enough that even off the field drama won't stop them. So I, I don't know. I guess them. Um, but I I would love to see. And I I feel like people say this all the time, but I would love to see the playoffs be expanded uh, because I freaking love the college football playoffs and I want to see yep. more. I agree. I think it would be cool to get it to eight teams, but I don't know how soon that'll happen if it'll happen. Um, but yeah, for now that those are our four. So it sounds like we're very similar, except for uh, you putting Georgia and me putting Notre Dame. So, with that. Um, oh, actually, wait, wait, before before we get to the next one, just really quickly, okay. um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I don't know if it's really a point of contention, but it's like, what is America's sport? Um, and I, I don't know if you, America's so big, it's hard to like pick it. But I honestly think it's college football. Um, because if you compare like the, the, the fan, the, like the involvement of fans in other countries with their like soccer teams, it's so regional. Like you, you probably mm-hmm. live in a town with a professional soccer league or soccer team at some level. They might not be the top tier in the in the country, but they you probably have guys that get paid to play soccer that like represent your town, uh, and then you show up to you know be a part of that. It's it's way more connected than just deciding to be a fan. You 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 live there, um, and and I think that the only obviously all college sports kind of emulate that but college football is so huge i feel like that's the where we enter the same level of involvement where it's like of course yes. i'm a i'm a gamecocks fan i'm from columbia south carolina like that's <laughs> it's ba- it's like the essentially the pro teams uh for, for as far as I, like commitment yep. from the fans yep i completely agree with that um i think you and i in our current situations as well as your growing up situation south carolina oklahoma they're college football states. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big you time. have the Panthers and Charlotte, but everyone in South Carolina and even North Carolina, like you know, even though eight, those ACC schools are bigger into basketball than football, there's a lot of uh, regional breakdown when it comes to your your college football team that just doesn't translate in the NFL. I think growing up in New England, UConn and Boston College are the only two uh, FBS schools. So, and obviously, you know, having the Patriots, like people are way bigger into it, into the NFL up there. But if you just look at the majority of the country, I do think college football is America's sport. So, with that, I think we can move on now. And it's Labor Day weekend. So, uh, for that, Ben and I will be breaking down our ultimate dream jobs in the top five not two not three not four top five top five top five yes and uh i guess i'll get us started off with one of my favorite dream jobs to tell other people is i would love to be a parking lot owner Um, yeah what is that (laughs) (laughs) because i love the idea of how easy that job is you basically just have to maintain a flat asphalt surface and people will regularly pay money to you so that they can put their car on it and you do next to no uh actual work or labor and you could even pay someone else to do the small amount of labor that it is and still keep like a a majority of the profits and it would stay there's always a need for parking so you're continuously just farming money honestly um and as much as i don't really see myself pursuing this as a career in my real life uh 
I think if I ended up being like gifted a parking lot or bequeathed one in somebody's will, I would <laughs> really, really enjoy that. Okay, you know, I I think that was a really good argument for being a parking lot owner. <laughs> uh, not not necessarily something that I would ever consider, but uh, you're kind of s- selling me on the idea of making a lot of money barely doing anything. Yes. So my number five dream job is a chef. And when I say that, I mean like legit, like, you know, Bobby Flay, Guy Fieri, like five-star restaurant cook making crazy good food all the time, constantly getting to try new things. I just, you know, I love food. I love good food. Everyone loves good food. I think that a chef would be a fantastic dream job. I'm personally not a great cook, so I know it's never going to happen. But, <laughs> you know, it, it would be something where it, that there are times where I've, I've thought, like, I wish I had learned how to cook when I was younger and uh, really, really put in the effort because I think it would be so much fun doing that as, as my job. Uh, what would you name your restaurant, your signature restaurant? Oh, my signature restaurant. I actually have not thought of that one. But I think it would be cool. To, oh, I guess I said five star. In my head, I was going to go with like a Coach C like sports bar. Oh, nice. But, yeah, I think that would be a fun one, even though I'm not, not a real coach, just an intramural soccer team coach. That's but. a real coach. I'm pretty sure that qualifies. Um, so I, I like it, though. I, I, I would definitely patronize your restaurant regularly. Um, okay, so my number four uh, dream job would be to be a professional team owner. And, that, and it, not necessarily football. It could be you know, whatever sport, uh, this comes with the condition that I'm quite wealthy to begin with because mm-hmm. I'm a, yes, I'm a professional course. team owner. But I just would love the uh, to, to fill that role for a uh, professional team and really uh, identify strongly with that team. Like be, be a part of every step of uh, what a team does. You know, it's involvement in the community. You're, you're kind of like an ambassador from the team to the to the fans and the, the community around it. And you have a chance to not only be involved in a sport that you love, but also without, you know, having to have the skill to do that, um, <laughs> yeah. but also to uh, like transform that and, and like put some good out into the world, uh, depending on how you decide your organization is going to uh, interact with the community. Uh, so I love sports. It would be really cool for my job to just basically to like own <laughs> a team I really love. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah. would definitely be, and, and I know it's super rare. I mean, so few people get to do that. So that would definitely uh, be a dream job for me. I think it would be cool from like all the money that you would make to be a, an owner. Um, I would personally, I think, rather have a front office job if I were to, or I guess a lower uh, front office oh, job yeah, actually, like general I for- manager. I forgot to mention yeah. that I want yes. all of the praise for winning, but none of the blame for losing. Yeah, right. So that yeah. that's actually, yeah, that's why I didn't say like GM or anything like that. Because even that's, though I talk a lot about football, I don't, I've never been in a front office. Like I don't, there's so much to fair. football that I don't understand, right. which, you know, I, I think you and I are coming at it from different angles here because uh, you want to be a chef because of like the skills that you would have if you were a chef. Um, and I'm saying, so I guess I would, you know, if I was going to be a GM, I would have, I would build some skills on the way to that. But I also don't want to take any of the blame for losing and be with the team forever. So owner it is. Okay. That, you know, that, that's fair. So my number four was actually my original dream job in second, third grade. And that was being either a movie director or a producer I just had this like huge 
fantasy of wanting to you know be out in Hollywood making movies and to me I'm I'm not necessarily someone who has always been like this huge movie guy nowhere near as much as you are but I've always like had this idea that I would make movies when I was a kid and I would I would come up with these like just lengthy plot lines ideas and like it were going to involve like classmates and all these people and never really came together uh, but to me, I think it, it would be a lot of fun just being on that side of things in Hollywood. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I can see it because I've already seen a couple episodes that you produced of uh, of Survivor that I really enjoyed. Um, so, like, I could definitely see it. And I think that when you and I were young, that was a really good time to grow up if you were a, an aspiring, uh, you know, video creator because it, it mm-hmm. was getting to the point where, Almost anybody could do it if they wanted to. Like the the yeah. price oh, it's so, so for entry was lower. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think yep. that's cool. Have you ever thought about like working on that on the like now in your uh, adulthood? Uh not not nearly as much as I I did as a kid. I think to me my some of the high, the dream jobs up on the list uh, higher were more of the the older aspirations. Okay. But. Um. So, yeah, mine actually, my number three kind of relates to your number four um, in the sense that I'm already kind of doing it a little bit. But I, like as a dream job, something that pays the bills, <laughs> I would love to do <laughs> what we're doing right now, podcasting. I think this has been uh, yeah. great. I, I mean, I've been making podcasts for years now, um, but really that since like the calendar year 2018, I've really uh, focused a lot more on it. And uh, I've really been enjoying it. And a quick shout out to my weekly movie review podcast, Affable Chat, uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you guys are, and Google uh, Marketplace, if you're interested in checking that out uh, <laughs> to see, uh, to, you know, if we if we've talked about any movies you've seen. But it's something I really enjoy, and I, I like having these long form conversations. Uh, and you know, get really getting in depth about some of the stuff that we love. Like I, I, I really like movies. And I really like football, uh, sports, definitely sports, but especially football. Um, so that would be, I would definitely feel like I was dreaming if I got paid to do that full time. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. I, w- I would love it if we somehow started making money off this, but and that, that would be a, a fantastic, uh, dream job and kind of relates to, to my number one. Well, my number three Something that you briefly touched on is <laughs> a reality TV show host. So when I was in seventh grade, uh, I first came up with the idea to record my own Survivor series with family friends when we went on. It started our camping vacations, and then by the end of it, it was our beach vacations. And the last season, I went all in. I made, uh, which ties into the, the movie producer stuff, I, I made multiple episodes i threw in commercials i i went you know everything with like the the survivor intro and the next time on survivor um so i i really really enjoyed that i think you know specifically i would love to be the the host for a, a show like survivor um even though i don't really watch it anymore but just the jeff probes uh you got chris harrison with the bachelor you got julie chen with big brother they have been hosting these shows forever and they just, you know, they, they stuck and everyone loves them and everyone watches those shows and they're not going anywhere because people love reality TV. So I think that would be a, a really cool, cool position to get into. Um, 
or even like a game show host, something like that. Uh, that, that to me would be a lot of fun. Just, you know, always being on that side, not the one who has to compete, not the one who's going to get, you know, voted off the Island the first day or, uh, <laughs> not given a rose, but yeah, you know, to, to be the one who's just always there, that, that would be the, the, the I could job. definitely see you, uh, hosting a reality TV show, Corey. I think you've got the voice for it. <laughs> um, but okay. So moving forward, my number two, um, a dream job would be would be to be a professional soccer player um specifically not in the united states somewhere where they actually would care of course Uh, (laughs) but uh i think would be uh, freaking awesome like having grown up playing soccer all the time um i'll be honest like i didn't fall in love with like the competitive nature of the, the sport until like really late into it um like i enjoyed playing soccer don't get me wrong but i didn't really look at uh, like the leagues around the world and like keep up with like who the best players in the world were outside of like the world cup. Um, and you know, that kind of grew with me throughout my life as like becoming a bigger sports fan in general, uh, and adding sports to my like database of teams that are like sports <laughs> that I actually keep track of and, uh, keep an opinion on. But, uh, yeah. soccer is d- definitely in there. And I think that the, I would really enjoy the lifestyle of a soccer player, uh, and the regular, exercise dude because i it, it sucks working in an office that you have to always go to the gym and like really focus on getting your exercise in in this situation i'd get my exercise while i was doing my job you know and i have uh, a yeah. time yeah. more time for uh, my hobbies on the side i guess but uh <laughs> i i think that it would be a, a lot of fun if i had to pick any team in the world it would i would live in south london and play for the crystal palace eagles really i'm okay. sure is no surprise to any of our listeners yeah, no, I mean it's fair that they're they're your team. I was kind of expecting you to say like Manchester United, you know, pick like one of the the real contending teams. See, but... well, you, you misunderstood because Crystal Palace would become uh, that level <laughs> yeah. with my fictional soccer career entering the picture. Okay, that that is that's fair. You're right. You're the missing piece. You. Yeah. <laughs> um so so my number two actually it's it's kind of interesting because I just had a conversation. Um, over brunch about a month ago, where we were talking about uh, if you'd be a professional athlete in any sport, what would it be? And everyone basically came down to the two of soccer player and golfer, which is my number two. Wow. Now, I love golf. Yeah, golf is it's my favorite sport to play now. Um, and to me, I would want to be a professional golfer because you get to play at some of the like beautiful golf courses all over the world and great areas. Yeah, occasionally you'll play somewhere with rain, but you're never going to have to go somewhere cold. You're always out <laughs> in like Hawaii or California or you know Florida. Like you're you're in, always in in cool places, and I just think that would be the dream. Um, just getting to to travel as a golfer, and basically, I think what it came down to with us was saying golfer versus soccer player a soccer player would be awesome if you're like cristiano ronaldo and making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars but if you're talking about like the the backup goalie for some like <laughs> fourth level country versus being like on the webs.com tour you're gonna choose a golfer over a soccer player and that's to me that's where a professional golfer comes from obviously i'd want to be like you know Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth level, but you know, just being able to you know show up on the tour every now and then, you know, make 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 some money and uh, ideally you know, get some some good sponsorships. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Just uh, being able to play golf, yeah, for a living. No, I t- I mean I I'm not even a big fan of golf, but just 
the fact that people play golf to like take a break from work is mm-hmm. uh, like definitely a huge argument for making it your profession. It sounds like it would be a uh, pretty glamorous life. And you like going to all these like historic and beautiful uh, locations to play your game. That's that's uh, yeah, I can definitely get on board with that. Yeah. So uh, to get to my number one, uh, I I think my favorite uh, or my my number one dream job would to be a professional comedian. Uh, I think comedians live like one of my favorite lifestyles ever. They constantly can travel and go to these amazing theaters and perform and get uh, in front of their fans like all around the country, all around the world, even for some. Uh, and they they get to make people laugh, and I, I love making people laugh. So I, I think that's a uh, a great way to, to earn your living. Um, and they, you could, there's a lot of like things you can do on the side with that. A lot of comedians have podcasts that kind of combines my number three. And, uh, a, a lot of comedians are also like low key actors. And I, like my dream is to have a cameo appearance in some huge production just because people are like, Oh, I love that guy. Uh, and uh, being a comedian would be a great way to, to achieve that. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be a pretty sweet lifestyle to be able to travel to all these places and have people laugh the whole time. Um, and just be, and yeah, honestly, I, I be mean, really funny all the time. Yeah, no, you were, you're a generally funny guy. I think, I think comedian would be an awesome job for you. Uh, have you like thought about actually trying to like write your own jokes and go into a comedy club and, uh, you know, give it a shot? I have gone to comedy clubs, but I've never sat down and been like what it like let me try uh because okay. i've I, I don't know I, I listen to some various podcasts about comedians mainly chris D'Elia's congratulations podcast and uh i don't know it, it really is hard like the job itself is difficult uh especially mm-hmm. with the I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into it, but like there's like the the way the political climate can change and your reputation being such a huge part of your uh, profitability. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that like make it difficult to pull off in real life. But <laughs> dream job wise, I'm ar- if I'm already at the top, like I've already like gone up there, risked it all and it worked out. I would uh, I would definitely be a fan of that. I have gone to some comedy clubs and really enjoyed it. Uh, and some mm-hmm. of the locals who do, like get up there on like the open mic night, I think I'm like, well, I could be funnier than that guy. Um, yeah. But it's so easy to say that when you're sitting in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. So finally, my number one, uh, probably not a very surprising uh, <laughs> number one on my list, and that is being a sportscaster. Particularly, I'd want to be on TV. Uh, you know, I'm kind of limited in that resource, so I, I have to just do the the voice podcast instead for now. But that, growing up, that was always what I wanted to do. I wanted to call college football, NFL football, college basketball games. CBS was the the station that I had always uh, said that I would nice. I would want to work for. Yeah, and then my my thought also I mean, when I was younger, I was like, oh, that would be like an ESPN like five or six by then. So like there was so many opportunities for me. Um, but basically, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I was I was uh, around that time when I was like really starting to be like, okay, I'm going to be a sports communication major in college. And then come junior year, when it came to actually applying to schools, um, I at that point kind of decided, no, I, I want to do engineering. Um, I can always have sports in my life. Like now, having the, uh, the Ben and Corey podcast talking about sports and, you know, still being able to to have this while also having a more stable uh, job 
as a software engineer. But to me, yeah, the the dream job number one will always be being a, a sportscaster. Yeah, dude. Well, you know what I'm saying? All the sportscasters, all the famous sportscasters are old guys, you know? Once you get yeah. your bread up, there's always the opportunity to just hop on over to CBS and get that job. So, um, <laughs> You're right. You know, it's it's not uh, – it's it's only a dream for now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that, though. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's uh, that's all that we have for this episode. So – We'll we'll continue to pump out more NFL podcasts as the season goes along. Um, I know coming up, we got the baseball playoffs. My hope is that Ben can at least somewhat have an idea, <laughs> but we'll have Brian Wells back on to uh, to help us with that like he did at the beginning of the season when we previewed the uh, baseball regular season. There's going to be, Corey, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be so many dingers this World Series. So, so <laughs> yeah. many dingers. See, I know baseball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is a, the Red Sox are on their way to uh, 110 wins, so I'm very excited about the baseball playoffs. And Ben, do you have anything to leave us with? Happy Labor Day, y'all. Hey. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>